Blood and Barrels discuss cases that contain graphic content. And Mike has a potty mouth. So does Amy. Nah. Listener discretion is advised. What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of Blood and Barrels. I'm Mike. I'm Amy, and I'm awesome. She is awesome, and she's also super pissed off at the dog right now. Why can't you be nice to the dog? I gave the dog half my french fries and gave her buffalo, and she still loves you more than me. (laughs) So, sorry. (laughs) Sorry, mascot. She does love me. A lot. Even though she's your dog. Um, but she thinks that you're her boyfriend. I mean, I don't know about all that. Uh, yes, you do. You just don't I want play, to admit it. But I play with her. I play with her, too. She prefers to play with you. That's because I'm mad crazy fun. And I'm awesome. Or so you think. <laughs> no, that's a fact. <laughs> no, the dog is in love with you. Ah. What do you mean? Ah. Ah. What do you mean, eh? Eh. Like, you put one finger on me and she attacks me. So what you're saying is that you're jealous of the dog. I have to fight the dog for my husband, which is (laughs) fucking fucked up. (laughs) It is funny, though. You're not wrong. Because we'll be, like, we'll be in bed and, like, I'll start rubbing Amy's back. And she, like, attacks. Uh, not violently. Like, she's not vicious at all. She never hurt anybody. But, yeah, she'll straight up, like, start, like, trying to, like, chew on my hand. and <laughs> To stop you from touching me. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> and, then, and then, like, when Mike's asleep, she'll crawl up in bed and she'll paw him on the chest. And she'll just lay there and look at him. Like, you know how the girlfriend lays on the chest? That's what the dog does. Okay, well, I have nothing to do with what she does. She doesn't call does. <laughs> me on the chest. Yeah, that's that's also true. She lays in the crook of my back because you might squish her. Yeah, she does that some, to me sometimes, and I'm like, you're hot, get away. You do that to me too, though. Like, yeah, you are also, you're like a furnace, holy <laughs> shit. God, I love you, but yeah, you, your temperature runs high. And you drool. I do drool sometimes. (laughs) Thank you for pointing that out. It's okay. I drooled this morning. It happens to the best of us. True, true. So anyway. So people. If you drool out there, we love you anyway. Yeah, we love you despite your drool. If you drool, hit us up. We'll have a drool club. I don't think we should start that club at all. (laughs) That that sounds like a terrible idea. (laughs) I think it's an amazing idea. Yeah, no, that's a terrible idea. We're not, we're not, we're not doing that. So anyway, um, so I think we've got a few shout outs and a th- couple things to bring up this week, right? We do. We have so many things. So we have two new Patreons. Oh, nice, nice. We have Miss Angie and we have Miss Jan. Awesome. And Angie, happy birthday to you. We know your birthday. 
Yes, we do know Angie's birthday, so we have. We've just, talked about Angie on here. She's actually one of our neighbors, so. <laughs> but she's joined the family, so our family is growing. Yep. Um, we also want to thank our, and I could be mispronouncing this town, so sorry, people, if I do. But we want to thank our Port Al Albernini, Canada people. No, I probably spelled it wrong, so don't even try. Oh, okay. Port, they'll know. They'll know. They'll know. They'll know. Okay. But they listen religiously, and our German listener. We have a German listener? We've had a German listener from day one, and I've always forgotten to thank that person, so thank you, German listener. Yeah. And thank you, Canadian person that I can't pronounce your town. Um, we also want to give an update going way back to episode seven, Tom and Jackie. Oh, wow. That is going way back. If you haven't listened, there was some discussion of about whether you drive or steer a boat. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. And we called out to our friend, Captain Dana, and she's super busy, so she just let us know. That you do drive a boat, not just steer it, because you control the speed, and you control a lot more than just the direction. I mean, that makes sense to me. Like, you're not, yeah, you're not just steering it, you're actually in control of the entire thing. So, yeah, I I, I get that. And so we wanted to make that correction, and there's one more thing we wanted to add. If you've listened to David Hendricks Part 1, we were told that, yes, um... They did say cool in the 1980s, and we didn't know what we were talking about. Oh, and there you have it. So those were updates and our thank yous. And if we didn't thank you and you've been listening from day one, we do thank you. Yeah, we we love all of you guys. We really appreciate you guys tuning in every week. We love the support. We love the feedback. Um, so yeah, we thank you so much. Um, and again, you know, we're, we're pretty new. We're pretty small. So if you, if you enjoy the show, share us with a friend, you know, hopefully if you enjoy, they'll enjoy. So yeah. And if you have a correction, let us know. Cause we always share it. This is not the first time we have shared a correction or an update. True. <laughs> We've done Although it multiple were, times. Those were pretty, uh, pretty low key, you know, like, well, as were these, cool, yeah. but know, the, the ones that we shared before were <clears throat> low key as well. Yeah. Like yeah. Where you can find an alcohol or whatever. Sure. But, but if there's anything you know that we don't know, let us know and we'll we'll definitely uh we'll put it out there. Like when when Tara Marie told us that Michigan Uber driver got the call from his wife. We share all of that. Yep. Because we know we're only as good as what research we can find. So if you know something that's not readily available, let us know and we will correct whatever we say is wrong or add additional information that needs to be Yep. Added. Well, and it's, it's funny because you, you actually bring up a good point because sometimes when we're going through these cases, I get so frustrated because like one newspaper will have one date and then like another article will have a completely different date. And I'm like, how do you mess up dates? Like of all the things you can mess up, like little details and stuff like that, like I get. But how do you get a date wrong? Like I've seen them like weeks off and stuff like that. It's it's super frustrating sometimes. But yeah, we do. We do our best. Uh, but yeah. But we love you, and if dates frustrate you, this case is going to frustrate you. Oh, good times, good times. (laughs) 
Well, that being said, I think we've got some beer to try, don't we? We do. Yep. So this week we're going to be trying beer from Four Saints Brewing Company, and they are in Asheboro, North Carolina. So, yep. We're going back to North Carolina. I think it's the only place besides Texas that we've been back to that many times. Is this our third case there? This is our third yeah. case in North Carolina. <laughs> We're trying to get around the country, but we keep getting beer from there. So yeah, you know, which like, I'm totally fine with. North that, Carolinians so. love us, apparently. Yeah, and, so. well, and from what I hear, Asheboro, North Carolina, is beautiful and it's a super nice place. And I've always wanted to go there. I've never been so. So we're not there, but we're trying their beer. Yep. So you want to tell us about this particular beer we're trying? So the first one we're trying is called the Ami. It is a blonde ale. It's a 4.1 ABV, and it's described as a light-bodied golden balance. On their website, it says the quick sale. If you're a fan of light beer, start here. If you're looking for something that... Pairs well with just about everything. Ami is your beer. They've won the 2015 Gold North Carolina Brewers Cup, 2017 Gold North Carolina's Brewer Cup, and the 2018 Silver Carolina Championship of the Beers. Nice. Well, this should be good then. I'm looking forward to it. And there's a bigger description on their website. They also say it pairs well with, like, lighter foods, salmon, chicken, salads, bratwurst, those types of things. Yeah, it makes sense as a light as a lighter beer, yeah. But we're trying this one first because our case is about Naomi Wise. And it was actually suggested by the brewery as a case to cover. And the beer... Ami is actually named after Naomi Wise. Oh, that's super cool. Okay. So we actually have a beer named after yeah. s- of somebody we're going to do a case on. That's that's a, that's a first for us, right? It is. And this is freshly canned, like written on the can, freshly canned. Nice. All right. Well, in that case, let's crack it open and give it a try. Oh, your crack was better. Was my crack better? It was, damn it. You're welcome. Cheers. Cheers. Oh. Oh, I like that. Smooth is not the right word. It's uh it's gentle. It's a gentle beer. Yeah, no, I I really, really like this one. It has a very unique flavor it's, to it. It it's almost like honey, but not. Yeah, I don't know if I'd go with honey, but it, it it definitely has a very unique flavor. Something that I don't think I've ever tasted it's, before. It, it's like a sweet. Yeah, there's something in it. I can't put my finger on it, yeah, but it's, it's really good. Yeah, it's very sweet without being overly sweet. It kind of like tickles your tongue a little bit with the flavors. It's it's really good. But it's, it's not like the beers that breweries, and don't get me wrong, other breweries that we've tried... We like some of those specialty beers, but like a lot of times I think breweries try to make beers that will cater to people who don't like beer. And so they add sweetness or they add pastry or they add chocolate or whatever. It has a very sweet flavor without being able to pinpoint what that flavor is. And it still very much tastes like beer. 
beer. It doesn't taste like you're drinking a cream cheese Danish. <laughs> yeah. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. No, it's it's. I'm. I, gonna, I, like I have to go rate it on my Untapped. Okay, so I'm not entirely sure that I have rated a blonde ale before. So I don't know that I have anything to compare it to. But I am giving it 4.75. Nice, nice. You've had other blonde ales. Well, I know. I just don't know. That you've rated one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Awesome. So I did it. And I unlocked a badge. <laughs> Small Brewery Sunday. I don't know what that means, but I unlocked that one. And next exit. And cheers to independent breweries and writing steady. I unlocked all kinds of stuff with that beer right now. Very nice. Very nice. I know. It's exciting. I love it. <laughs> all right. So we've got our beer. Are we ready to jump into our case? Are you ready? Well, this I'm is different. Ready. This is a different type of case. Uh, I would say different how, but I, I, I feel a little, that I'll just find out as we go. You will. So, to preface, this is a real murder case, but it's so old, and I mean so old, that they don't really know what happened. So there's a lot of theories, there's a lot of ideas, there's people in the North Carolina area who have spent their life, like, researching, trying to figure out. So this is, like, a mystery that, like, people are, like, pursuing and trying to figure out. Okay, yeah, that's cool. Yes, and the brewer at Four Saints obviously really loves this story because he has a beer named after Naomi Wise. So I think... What would you say our oldest case has been so far? What, like 1970s? Yes, maybe 60s, but I think 70s is accurate, yeah. Okay, so we're going to 1807 or 1808. Nice. All right. So we're going way back in the day. Back in the day. Yeah. So Naomi Wise was, in fact, a real person. She was born in 1789. Damn. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And depending on the source, she was murdered in 1807 or 1808. So what? She's like 17, 18, 19 in that range? So we'll get into it a little further on, but the accurate date, I believe, is 1807. She was 19 when she died. Okay. Yep. Um, but again, the dates vary based on what source you looked at. Um, she's also called Ami or poor Ami, which is where we get the Ami beer from. Okay. Her story is actually told in what's called a murder ballad. Have you ever heard of a murder ballad before? Not that I'm aware of, no. Okay, so it's actually, I I did a little bit of research. It's actually like... The earliest form of true crime writing. Really? Right. So, like, back in the day, before even newspapers, when things would happen, people who could read and could do things would come to the public and sing the news because they were giving the information to illiterate people. That's strange, but... 
I mean, cool. I mean, I know this isn't that old, but it gives me that like medieval, like minstrel kind of. Well, no, it (laughs) goes. No, it goes back to medieval times. Oh, okay, all right. And like, so if you think about to go off on a little tangent, if you think about Shakespeare, Shakespeare kind of did that same thing, but he put on plays. This was like pre-Shakespeare. It was people going town to town to let the illiterate majority of... So it started back then, and then it kind of continued on into even, what, the 1800s? Uh, 1900s. Oh, wow. Okay. Because you can look up poor Ami as a murder ballad, and there's, like, even Bob Dylan has sung her story in America. Okay. Right? He covered it, yeah. So... It's a thing. Like, I didn't know it was a thing until I researched this case. I had never heard of a murder ballad. But it is, like I said, considered one of the earliest forms of true crime writing. There is a couple, and I'm going to jump ahead for a second. There's a couple in North Carolina. I'm not sure if it's Ashboro or Randallville. They're all kind of close together. They're all in Randolph County where this took place. But there's a couple who has kind of made it their life's work to research this case because it's so back and forth. There's multiple versions of Naomi. So they have taken it upon themselves to research the case. And they've actually had to correct, like, the state's archives because the state's archives were wrong. Oh, wow. Based on the research they did. So they're kind of modern-day, you know, sleuthing on this. Yes, absolutely. Um and sadly, they were writing a book, like, in 2019, and I tried really hard to find the name of the book, but I could not find anything other than the fact that in 2019, they were submitting it to publishers, and that was it. So I don't know if they ever actually published it or because of COVID it got, like, I don't yeah, know. So it, it may still be in the works. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, if if it ever does come out and we find out, we'll let you know and vice versa. If any of y'all hear that this yes, book please, comes out, let us know. Yes, please, because I would love to read this book because um, it's a couple, Howl and Ellen, Howl, not Howl, Hal and Eleanor Pugh. Hal is a local historian in the North Carolina area. Eleanor's his wife. They actually just like own a poetry shop, a pottery shop, not poetry. Read that wrong. Pottery shop. Um, but long story short, Hal finds out that he's related to one of the people involved in the case. Oh, okay. So. He's taking it on as, like, his... um, Responsibility kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, to figure out what actually happened. That that in and of itself is kind of an interesting story. So, yeah, that's... Exactly. So, like I said earlier, the murder ballads go all the way back to the Middle Ages. Like you said, it reminds you of... The minstrels, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's, that's kind of where it started. So, the basis of our story depending on the version that you read, is that Naomi Wise was an orphan girl. And this is the most common theory. This is the theory that everybody knows. She's an orphan girl from Randolph County, North Carolina. Randolph County is known to have... You were talking about Ashboro being beautiful. 
Randolph County is known for its beautiful hills, streams, and trees. Like, it's kind of all-encompassing. Yeah. It's also Quaker land. Oh, I did not know that. A lot of people from the Pennsylvania area had moved into Randolph County. Okay. Back in the day. Like, way back in the yeah, day? Yeah, like, way <laughs> back in the day. So, I... I mentioned earlier that Hal and Eleanor have spent many years researching this story and that they had to correct the North Carolina State Archives and that Hal had personal ties. He actually had his DNA run when he started researching and he found out he was a relative of Hetty Elliott. And we'll we'll go into who that is in a minute. But he found out that she is his... Great, 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 great aunt. So oh, wow. five greats, right? That's that's too much for me. I don't know. Yeah, no, I had to count it out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I yeah. had to count it out. Um, and I, I said 2019. I apologize. 2018 is when they were in the process of writing the book on Ami Wise. Like I said, I couldn't find the name of the book or if they ever actually finished it. But they are considered to be the no- most knowledgeable people of what happened to Naomi. Okay. I said Randolph County is beautiful, picturesque, blah, blah, blah. It's in the heart of North Carolina, so it's kind of in the middle. So it's said in one version that Naomi was taken in by a local family because she's a young orphan girl. So, uh, I have to interrupt for one second. Sorry. So, when you say taken in, so was she in an orphanage or was she like on the streets and they took her in kind of thing? I don't know because it was the 1800s. Okay. I figured that the information would be limited, but I thought I'd at least ask. So, but sorry. Well, and and, then it's it. So, you'll understand as we get further in there, what I will say now because you've asked is that it is confirmed that this family took her in. Right. But there's a speculation as to whether she was a young girl or not or whatever. So we don't even know, like, specifically when they took her in. We just know that they did take her in. Right. Okay. And we know she was 19 when she passed away, but in 1807, 19 was probably grandma, right? I mean, (laughs) I don't know if it's quite that, but, uh, I mean, yeah, you know, that's probably a, this old. A, a, a woman at that point because I know you should have been married at fourteen. Probably, like. yeah. And that's not that's not me being facetious. That's just however many years ago. Yeah, how they how it was. Yeah, that's how just it how was. it was. People were lucky if they lived to their thirties. <laughs> so nineteen was old. Yeah. So anyway. We know that Naomi had been taken in by a local family named the Adams. She was said to have been their cook. And on occasion, she was an extra farmhand. So she kind of did what they needed her to do. I mean, that makes sense. That's why a lot of people had kids in the first place was exactly. to help work the land exactly. or whatever. So. Um, she eventually was accepted as part of the family. And that part is true. We know that, and you'll understand why later, but we know that that part of the story is true. She was accepted as part of the Adams family, which sounds like yeah. a TV show. 
because it was. But not that Adam's family. She didn't have like a sister named Wednesday or anything like she, that. No. She didn't have a creepy hand that no, girl. No fester. Yeah, no, uncle, yeah, uncle, yeah. Uncle fester. Yeah. She didn't have any of that. But she was a part of the Adams family. Okay. So the story goes that while Naomi was working for the Adamses, she had begun dating a man named Jonathan Lewis, who worked in nearby Asheville. Ashboro, not Asheville, Ashboro, where our brewery is from. He worked for a man named Benjamin Elliot. Jonathan Lewis actually stayed at Benjamin's home during the week while he was working. And then he would ride home every Saturday to visit his family and he would pass by the Adams house. And this is how he met Naomi. He was described as... Very handsome. I got the picture of tall, dark, and handsome. Okay. Those, that's not the words that were used, but... But that's what you got in your head? That's what I got in my head, but I also got swindler in my head from the stories. Okay. Um, But he was also described as dignified. He was not an orphan, right? He came from a family. He... Whatever. But he would he would ride by. I was about to say drive by, but they didn't have cars back then. He would ride on his horse past the Adams house, and he'd like stop for water. And Naomi would like get him the water, and that's how they met. Oh, and then they were like, he like got a fancy for her. Uh, they got a fancy for each other. Oh snap! And according to the original story, Jonathan got Naomi pregnant. Oh. That's a big fancy, yeah. Which, but that, at was the, big, that was a no-no back then. Well, but at the same time, he was courting another woman. Oh, player. Well, not... So he, according to the story, was in love with Naomi. But his mother did not want her son dating an orphan. Oh. So she was pushing him to date Hattie. Who we brought up earlier, Hal's great, 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 great. Yep, yep, yep. Right. So Jonathan's mother was pushing him to court Hattie because she was the brother of his employer and the Elliott family was known to be very rich. She was the brother of his employer? She was the sister of his employer, sorry. His employer was... His employer was her brother. Whatever. Yep. (laughs) 10-4. Anyway, Mama wanted Jonathan to hook up with Hattie because the Elliots were rich and Naomi was an orphan. And she was like, my son's not going to have anything to do with that piece of trash, basically. Gotcha. Right? So, it was said that Hattie or Hetty... I saw it spelled both ways. Would have been considered a catch by any man during the time. But Naomi was significantly more beautiful. And Jonathan truly loved Naomi, but he felt obligated to marry Hetty or Hattie, whatever her name was. Now, Mrs. Adams, where Naomi was staying... 
tried to tell Naomi that there was no way that Jonathan was going to marry her. You know, like, your 19-year-old girl in love, get over it type of thing. But at the same time, Naomi was a 19-year-old girl in love. Mm-hmm. So she ain't gonna listen. She's not gonna listen. They they even warned her that, like, he was known to have a temper and little stability. Oh. She didn't care. Okay. She was in love. And she wanted to be with Jonathan. Now, I'm gonna skip ahead to give you a little bit of information about Jonathan, just so that I don't miss it. There's actually more information known about Jonathan Lewis than there is about Naomi, but that's mostly because he had a criminal record, (laughs) so there's some stuff to back it up. Um, He was born in April of 1783, so he was older than Naomi. He was eventually, and we'll get to this, but he was eventually put on trial for Naomi's murder. Yo, he was born 200 years before I was. Yes, exactly. 200 years. April 1983. What? Yes, yes. So remind me me to go back because there's some important information in this paragraph, but I don't want to give it away right now. Okay. So, like I said, Naomi's in love. She's not listening to anybody's warnings about Jonathan. She went missing sometime in April of 1807. So around his birthday. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't make that connection, but yes, absolutely. And they don't have an exact date because, let's be honest, it's 1807. Like, did newspapers really even exist back then? I think so. Yeah, I think so. But I, don't I think know. they did too. But in Ashboro or mean, Randolph how, County, how like, circulation worked, I don't know. Right, exactly. And the public decided that Jonathan was responsible for her death. Oh, like in the court of public opinion. Yes. So it's said that Jonathan lured Naomi out to a river that was called Deep River. Which I feel like there's a song. It's like Deep River or something. I don't know. Uh, That's all you, boo. (laughs) I don't know about that one. (laughs) So, they do know, they, we do know that Naomi did die from drowning in Deep River. Which is in the heart of Randleman. And I'm assuming this is while she's with child. Correct. Yep. So... One of the versions goes that he, Jonathan, had told Naomi that they were going to elope because he truly loved her. But then you have Mama talking in his ear about how he can't marry Naomi and he needs to marry the other chick. So he thinks his only way out of it, now that she's pregnant, is to kill her. So instead of eloping, he strangled and drowned her. Now, it is confirmed that she was drowned. Again, Not not that she accidentally drowned, but that she was physically drowned. She was physically drowned. Again, we know that Jonathan and Naomi are real people. We know that Naomi was drowned and that the coroner didn't even know they had coroners in 1807. But apparently they did. Okay. The coroner said that her cause of death was from a very violent drowning. 
Oh, okay. So even in 1807... It was obvious. Yeah, we knew that. What we don't know is that there's multiple stories about what happened with Jonathan. Or at least there was. They've they've started to piece it together because of Hal and Eleanor. But it used to be thought that Jonathan had escaped to Kentucky or Ohio, depending on which version you read. But he was later discovered and found on his deathbed when he was discovered. And on his deathbed, he confesses to killing Naomi. And we know this for a fact? No, no, no. This is one version. This is one version of a story. Okay. This is one version. Another version is that Jonathan drowned Naomi and ran, but was later captured, tried for Naomi's murder, Served a little bit of time, but then escaped. Okay. And sadly, from my research, what I've discovered is kind of they're both true, which is super confusing, right? Yeah, a little bit, because they're very different. Yeah, they're very different. So, obviously, 1807, over the years, many of the details have been lost. But her story was set to music, which is what we started talking about. The minstrels. Or murder ballads. Murder ballads and minstrels. <laughs> um, this is actually considered, in American history, the oldest murder ballad. Oh, okay. So this is the oldest murder ballad in America. Right. And there are lots, apparently, Murder ballads. Again, I had no idea such a thing existed until I... Nope. Yeah. But this is considered one of the oldest. Or the oldest. Because they can confirm, again, that this murder did happen over 200 years ago. They can confirm that it happened in Randolph County. And they can confirm that there were minstrels 200 years ago in America. No, no, that was you. That minstrels. was you hoping. Minstrels. Pretty sure, like, <laughs> minstrels were in England with their bagpipes and their funky hats. Maybe one came over just to co- to cover this true crime case back 200 years ago. And he was the first true crime re- reporter? Did you say bagpipes? I did say no, bagpipes. not bagpipes. <laughs> no, they played, like, lutes and shit. I don't even know what that is. It's, a, like, a old-school guitar. I was going to say flute, so there you go. No, it's a stringed instrument. Perfect. Yeah, they played something. Bagpipes, lutes, Definitely flutes, not guitars. bagpipes. Um, the horseshoe thing. The triangle? That's the how do, you, how do you mix up triangle and a horseshoe? My God, woman. I never played the triangle. <laughs> as you're over here Bongos. making as you're over here making the triangle hand signal, playing it in the air, you're saying a horseshoe. You know what? <laughs> you figured out what I meant, didn't you? <laughs> I was just trying to figure out how you didn't figure out what you meant. There's <laughs> a reason I was gesturing to you. Yes. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> yeah so anyway um like i said we can confirm that this murder did happen over at the time 200 but probably over 250 years ago now and obviously there's not a lot of physical evidence left from the crime right true and on top of that 
they had a lot of this case written down, and I'm sure it was actually like legitimately like handwritten, handwritten. But there was a fire at the Guilford County Courthouse. Oh, so they lost it all? Yeah, they lost a lot of the information, which is why... Yeah, that happens a lot. I mean, not it, a lot, a lot, but I've heard of this, you know, obviously happening before old records get lost Well, and yeah, and, and shit, when you're like, talking about a case that happened in 1807 or 1808, and everything is on... Like, nowadays, we have zip drives and... External oh, yeah. hard Nothing, drives and nothing's getting lost now unless like the internet goes down, right? Right, or, like hackers delete it, and even then, there's probably a backup somewhere. There's still so. a cloud or whatever, and that's why I'm glad I've never done any kind of like nudie pics or anything like that. And so is the world. <laughs> True that. Mm-hmm. I think everybody's very grateful for that. But nobody that, needs to see nobody naked, and definitely nobody needs to see this naked. So you know, I'm just saying. Well, except for you. That's fine, though. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, well, okay, so before... Samesies. Same... No, anyway. Nobody needs to see me naked either. Samesies. Oh, except for me, which is fine. Yeah, Yeah. samesies. Samesies. Perfect. Okay. All right, that being said, before we jump back into it, let's give this uh, El Paladin a try. Tequila... Barrel-aged Mexican lager with lime and salt. Yeah, it sounds good. So this is the Four Saints El Paladin. So I'm going to crack it. Ooh, it fizzed a little bit. So it's a 5.5 ABV. This beer is up front with its muse, the margarita. The woodiness of the tequila, the maltiness of the lager, the tart of the lime, and the zing of some salt... Slam together like luchadoras in a square circle. Hard hitting and full of smiles. And that's fucking good. <laughs> it's really good. Is this like the first Mexican beer we've reviewed? I think so. And it's really good. Like you can definitely get some of that salt and lime. And they said something about wood? Yeah. Yeah. Tequila, it's in tequila aged barrels. Yeah, you get that, a little bit of that barrel in there. It's, it's damn good. What do you think? It's really good. And you can smell the lime. Yeah. Like, I, that's, like, way fucking better than a Corona. Oh, fuck yeah. That's that's awesome. Sorry, Corona, but you have a virus named after you, and... <laughs> El Paladin does not. Exactly. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, we don't need a Paladin virus. That'd be bad. So, I'm going to rate this one. You know what? Since it's the first, I'm going to give it a five. Nice. That was my thought, too. I'd give it out a five, too. That's straight up. I did. Oh, it. look at that. I got more badges. <laughs> you and your badges. Just one. Land of the Free, level 30. What, what? <laughs> I like how you got Land of the Free on the Mexican beer. <laughs> the Mexican style. I mean, it's still a local brewery. True that. Whether no, it's, it's Mexican. It's Corona's Mexican probably made New York, let's be real honest. Uh, yeah, they're bottled. Yeah, they're actually yeah, yeah. manufactured and bottled here. They are cervezas mexicanas, I think, is what they're... Yeah, and whatever, so is Dos Equis, and so is Equis. Bud Light Lime, and so is oh, what fuck the Bud fuck Light ever. Lime. Yeah, that's the most Mexican beer we've ever had, <laughs> so good job for Saints. Yeah, I like that. I like that one a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah, that's really good. In the can, I'm look at a... it. It looks like a luchador. I know, he's got the, he's, grit, he's gritting his teeth like, Arr. But he has angel wings. 
True. Well, yeah, well, that's what a paladin is. A paladin is like a holy warrior. I didn't know that. Yeah, when I do. But good job again for saints. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree with that on, on this beer for sure. Yeah, the last one was good. This one's real good. Probably my favorite Mexican beer I've ever had. Yeah, agreed. And I and I love me some Dos Equis. Yeah, Dos Equis, yeah. But I like the green one. That's the lager. Yeah, I don't like the brown one. The amber. Yep. That's yeah. But this is way better than both. So True cheers. That. Yep. Cheers uh, to four saints. So you ready to get back in into Naomi? Let's do it. Okay. So I told you that there was the fire at the Guilford County Courthouse. Yep. We lost all the information. But despite that, the murder was so well known for so many years in the Randleman area that you know how, like, our kids used to do the Christmas pageant? Yeah. Um, Every year in the spring... They would have a pageant, but it would be acting out the story of Naomi Wise's death. Really? Yeah. That's kind of weird. I'm going to be honest. That still seems a little strange. Well, and I tried to find pictures of it, and I couldn't because it seems to have stopped around 2006. But prior to then, this story was so well known. Some parent probably was like, this is inappropriate. Probably so. Good job, parent. Her name was probably Karen. Or Nancy. Or Karen. Or Nancy. <laughs> is Nancy the new Karen? The new Karen's best friend? Yeah. Yeah? Is that how that works? For sure. <laughs> For sure. So Naomi actually does have a gravestone. I, oh, yeah. I mean, if she's a real person, that would make sense. Okay, but she didn't. But she does. Oh, they added one. Well, yeah, like 100 years ago. Oh, okay. Which is part of the confusion of her year of death, because when they added her gravestone, they put the wrong year. Oh, whoops. Well, they were trying. They were trying. They were trying. Now, I will say, I I told you that the Adamses had taken her in. The Adams family. Yep, the Adams family, not Morticia and... (laughs) Fester and... What was the dad's name? I don't know. Morticia... Gerald? No! Gerald? Really? I don't know. He looks like a Gerald in my head. Oh, damn it. It's going to bother me. What is his name? I don't know. It's Morticia, uh, Fester, Wednesday. Yeah. You you keep going. I'll find out what the dad's name All is. All right. So, um, when she went missing, they decided to take care of her burial. They actually approached three churches in the area And the churches refused to let them bury her on their property because of the circumstances behind her death. So would that be because she had uh, a child out of wedlock? No, no, we haven't even gotten there. I haven't even told that part of the story. Oh, I didn't know she actually had it. I just said it that, or that she was pregnant is what I meant. But now, spoiler alert, sorry guys. Well, no, we don't know which is true. Oh, okay. Continue. (laughs) Um... No, just because she died in, um, like, a murderous way. They didn't want to bring that on to their... What? That's yeah, fucked up. it is fucked up. That's way fucked up. So... You'd think they would want to help more because of that. Nope, they sure did not. That's fucked up. So, they, the Adams family, 
Morticia and Fester and Wednesday. And we still don't know who else. Gomez. 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 Sorry, Gomez. They all, they approached the Providence Friends, which honestly does not even sound like a church to me. Uh, well, there was the Plymouth Brethren, so... <laughs> oh, no, no, I have a whole history of the Providence Friends. Okay. So we'll get there. Yeah. But they agreed to let uh, Naomi be buried on their land. And she's still buried there. She still has the tombstone with the wrong year of death, which... Like I said, probably contributes to the confusion of when she died, blah, 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 blah. Are you telling me to hurry up? Are you... I was making fun of your hand gestures. Oh, I was like, are you telling me to hurry up or fighting a mosquito? (laughs) I don't know what's happening. So the Providence friends are actually like a version of the Quakers. Oh, yeah, because I remember you saying there was a lot of Quakers in that area, right? Yeah, so they were very first established in this area in 1762 with a weekday meeting group. They purchased their first section of land in 1769. So wait, so when they say weekday meeting group, is that like Bible study or something? Like Right, but I think they just met once a week. I don't know. Oh, I, I, okay. I tried to... Figure that out, and I could not. Gotcha. So, if you're a Quaker or a Providence friend, and you can explain the difference, because I'm about to go into other things. Info at bulletinbarrels.com. Exactly. Although, I have a feeling Quakers probably don't listen to our show. Also probably I could be wrong, but I'm just saying. But somebody who listens to our show may have a Quaker friend. Possibly. Probably still not very likely, though. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I tried to find information to differentiate, and I couldn't. So all I can tell you is what I can surmise from the wording was that it was a weekday meeting group, so I think they met like once a week. Okay. Right? They purchased their first section of land in 1769, so seven years later. It was five acres of land. Guess how much they paid for their five acres of land? $120. $3.12. Damn! <laughs> if I can time travel, I'm going to go buy land. So, so that was in 1769. In 1792, the first day meeting for worship was established. So I'm thinking that's probably like what we would consider church. Monday. Or that. I said first day. Oh, well, Sunday would be first day. Mm, yeah, that's true. Um, the Providence Monthly Meeting was established in 1912, so however many years later, with only 84 members. But this group has been in existence for over 250 years. <laughs> And they're still in existence to this day. Like, they have a website. So, at that time, it was 250 years? No, 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 no. The Quakers have a website? Well, the Providence people have a website. Damn. No, this this particular place where Naomi is buried has a website. 
Okay. And you can, like, go join their religious group. Interesting. And it's called the, let me tell you again, Providence Friends in uh, Randleman. Yeah, they do. It's ProvidenceFriends.org. NC.org. Yeah. Yeah, I pulled some <laughs> of my information from that website. That's funny. I. Oh, no, that's not the website I looked at. Scroll down. Or not. Yep, that's the one. Yeah, so you so you pulled your information from the wrong website then is what you're telling me? No, I pulled it from this one. Oh, this is the right website. Yeah. Oh, you just said it wasn't, so I wasn't sure. Well, no, the first one you went to was different. That was their homepage. This is their about oh, page. Oh, yeah, no, I yeah, this never is their... actually saw their homepage, yeah. which kind of looks weird. Like there's space aliens involved or something. <laughs> like, uh, oh, what is it? The Marshall... Um, uh, what's the group with the aliens, the cult? God, I saw something earlier today. I know exactly what the fuck you're talking about. Heaven's Gate. Yeah, they still have their website up. Oh, yeah, for sure, because there's still people who believe in Heaven's Gate. Are there really? Yeah, that's why their website's still up. I didn't know that. Yeah. I knew the website was still up. I mean, I I guess it makes, like, you have to pay for the domain and shit. I guess it makes sense. Yeah, somebody just didn't get on the alien ship with the rest of them in their tracksuits and tennis shoes. Damn. Well, all right then. I mean, it obviously hasn't been updated in about 20 years. I don't, yeah, I don't think it was updated since they all <laughs> killed themselves, but somebody still But yeah, it it's up. still there, so somebody still believes. And you know what? That's fine. Yeah. People can believe what they want to believe. Anyway, sorry guys, we went on a big tangent there. So, have you ever heard of Doc Watson? I'm just curious, because you know more about music than I do. I mean, no. I okay. So he's one of the more contemporary musicians that have covered the murder ballad of Ami Weiss. But like I said earlier, Bob Dylan, there were some older people, whatever, have all covered this song. And there's like 147 different versions, apparently. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a little crazy since I've never heard of it. Right. And and think about it. This happened over 200 years ago. So it's like 200 years of the game of telephone. Right? You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. There's even one version of the murder ballad that's written out on a voter's registration card from the 1920s. They wrote what? Yeah, yeah. Did there's a picture of it. Or yeah, was hand, it printed? No, handwritten. All like maybe she didn't have some paper and she like jacked it. Damn. But like, there's a picture of it, handwritten on a voter's. I didn't even know they had voter's registration cards in the 1920s. Mm-mm. But, yeah. So, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the original version of the song. According to some people, the story was romanticized. And Naomi was turned into this innocent, virginal orphan. Even though she was pregnant? Well, in this version, yes, she was pregnant. But it was her first baby. Blah, 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 blah. She was seduced by Jonathan Lewis and his... So she was innocent virgin... That got seduced. Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. Right. So the original version is said to have been written by Braxton Craven, but there's also 
been earlier versions found since then, so who knows. Um, he was the headmaster of the Normal College in North Carolina. Now, I didn't, I've heard the term Normal College like a thousand times. I didn't know what it was. Do you know what it is? College for normal people? No, it's actually a college that's set aside to train high school graduates to become teachers. So it's like a teaching school. Okay. But the normal college that he taught at eventually became Duke. Oh, no shit. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know Duke, yeah. Yeah, um, he was also a Methodist minister and an author. He was also an orphan, which people point to now because as to why he yeah 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 said the story the way he did now like i said his name is braxton craven but it's said that he wrote the murder ballad of naomi under the name charles vernon so he used a pseudonym at the time it was believed that he was writing a story of what actually happened now people say that he wrote it as a piece of fiction but again, like, kind of like your uh, tr- uh, your real life story, or inspired by a true life event movie type thing. No, like people now say the whole thing was fiction. Oh, like everything he said, like he just used her as the character, and then everything he said was right. wrong. But we know from documents that not everything he said was wrong. So everybody's just wrong about everything. It's kind nobody of, knows. Yeah, that's that's the say, problem is that nobody fucking knows. Everybody thinks they know, and they all sound like they're full of shit. That's what I'm getting out of all this. But. Well, and let's not pretend to know something that happened in 1808. Yeah, unless you got some... Or at least don't... Yeah, don't claim that you have the true story unless you know. I mean, no, at, I mean least like, these, I, at least this guy wrote his story in 1851. Well, and I was about to say with uh, with like the couple who's in North Carolina investigating all this, like I'm sure they're. It sounds to me like they've put the work in, they've put the time in, and they probably know, like you said, more than anybody else. When they've spent these years other of their life, and like their book was supposed to come out in 2019, and from what I can tell, in November of 2021, it's not out yet, which leads me to believe either something tragic happened or. They're still finding shit. Yeah, I mean, they may have found something new and put on hold. It could have been put on hold because of Corona. We don't know. Like, We're if not they're correcting, but... if they're correcting the state archives, like, no, yeah, I totally agree. Like, they've, oh. yeah, yeah. I mean, they've definitely got to know more than anybody else. So, yeah, for sure. And they still don't know everything, right? Well, right, but at least they're not claiming to know everything. They like we. This is what we know. Is what we don't know. So, the original, quote-unquote original, written by Braxton, president of Duke, um, and this is kind of redacted, but the ballad goes, A story I'll tell you about Naomi Wise, how she was deluded by John Lewis's lies. He promised to meet me at Adams Springs. I'm going to interrupt That is where he met her. They confirmed that. Okay. He promised me marriage and many fine things. I got up behind him. And I'm going to interrupt again. I thought that was a little weird. Like, what do you mean I got up behind him? Yeah, right. Um, 
she got up on his horse behind him. Oh, that makes sense. Yep. Okay. And straight away did go to the banks of Deep River, where the water did flow. No pity, no pity, the monster did cry. In Deep River's bottom, your body, your body shall lie. The wretch then did choke her, as we understand, and threw her in the river below the mill dam. Which is where they found Naomi. So, some of this, actually majority of this, is true. We're going to go into the second story in a minute, but majority of this is true. She met him. Yeah, I was about to say, it all sounds true, except for, you know, obviously some of it is is guessing that it's him that did it, but at the same time, like he says, as we understand, so he's telling the story based on what knowledge he has and what assumptions. I mean, I, I don't think it's that inaccurate. So here's what we go into. One person said the only modern day account of Naomi Wise. But other sources that I read said that this poem might actually be older than what I just read you. So again, depends on the source. Okay. But this poem was discovered in a special collection at the Charles E. Young Research Center Library at UCLA. So across the fucking country. Like handwritten? Yes, handwritten. Okay. It was an account written by Mary Wood. I'm sorry, Mary Woody. But she was born in 1801. Okay. Naomi died in 1807. So Mary was six. So obviously whatever she wrote was something she heard and had been handed down to her. If it was even written by her. That they say it was written by her. They don't know. It just has her name on it, right? Because we're still talking about the 1800s. Uh, I mean, I guess I don't understand. So when is it? The like, handwritten poem they found was just as old. So no, no, but wait, so so is this written in a book with her name on it, or was it written on a piece of paper with her name on piece it? Piece of paper inside of a book. And the book had her name on it. The book had been. Uh, the poem was signed by her, but the book had been donated to UCLA in like the 1930s. Huh. By a relative of this Mary Woody. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, so my whole point is a lot of people are putting credit into this Mary Woody, and she could be totally right. I I don't know. But at the same time, she was six or seven when Naomi was murdered, so why are we going to put our credit? Well, uh, what I would imagine happened is that, like, her parents knew the story, and, but I mean, I, I have no idea. Exactly. So I'm not going to read the poem because the poem is like 37 pages long. Did you say 37 pages. I don't for a poem? I was I was exaggerating, but oh. it's like it's <laughs> like, like an you know when they talk about epic poems like um like Gilgamesh and shit. Yeah, it's like that type of level. It's like it's really long. And and if you want to read the entire poem, Wikisource has it all written out for you. Okay. But I did note some of the differences. Now, in 
Duke Man's version, Naomi is spelled N-A-O-M-I. In Mary's version, it's N-A-Y-O-M-Y. So they spell the name different. In Mary's version, Naomi is portrayed as a sinful woman with two children out of wedlock and being pregnant. Whereas in the other guy's version, she's pregnant, seduced by the man. In Mary's version, she's older than Jonathan. And I will say, they've proven that she wasn't older than Jonathan. Right, right, yeah. But, spoiler alert, they have also proven that she did have two kids. Oh. Yeah. Shit, okay. <laughs> so, that's why I said this one's a little little bit different, because they kind of... So there's some truth in both of them. In both of them, exactly. Um, In this version, she was poor. In the other version, she was an orphan. So those kind of line up. Well, I was about to say, she was a she was poor and an orphan, at least until she was taken in. And I never heard anything about so the in, Adams family being wealthy on any level. Um, For the time, I think they were. They were like ish, middle class? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, but I think... In one version, she was taken in because she was an orphan. And in this version, she was kind of hopping from home to home, trying to make ends meet and earn some money. And the reason was that she was poor. Okay. Yeah. Um, Because the... Now, this is just my opinion. But because the Adams family actually, like, paid for her burial and fought to find a place for her to be buried... I tend to lean on the other information than this one for that piece. But I think I think there's truth to both stories. Yeah. You know what I mean? So this definitely sounds like one of those stories that at the time would just got told over and over again and probably changed as people heard it and people then made their own accounts and, and then it changed again. And 200 so, years of telephone. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that, that yeah. makes sense. Um, so they do know she did become pregnant with Jonathan Lewis's, Lewis's child, the coroner. Confirmed that when he confirmed that she was drowned. Well, who was the daddy of the other two children? I'm assuming we don't know. Uh, we don't know, but we know it's two different daddies. So, number one... She, she was different... hussy. So, number one had a different daddy than number two. And number three and had number a three. different... Oh. She was a hussy. Oh. Snap. And like, I'm not... Like, now, I'm not shaming anybody these days, necessarily. I'm but saying back, back then? then? Back like, then, she was a hussy. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised. Yeah. We're talking about 1807. Yeah, Good. she was a hussy. I'm, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, unless she was just losing husbands left and right. I don't know. No, she was never married. Yeah. So, now, now the whole thing with the church makes way more sense to me, yeah. Well, no, but the reason she... From what I could tell in my research, the burial had nothing to do with her being a hussy. So they say. Well, I mean, I true. bet it, they were like. I we mean, true. They're like these hoes. We can't have these hoes up in our in our, I mean, in our cemetery. So here I'm gonna answer your question. Okay. So they 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 pretty much ninety nine percent know that Jonathan Lewis did kill her. Okay. They do know 99% that she was pregnant with his child. The story, depending on which story you believe, 
One of them says that he loved her. Like I said earlier, he loved her, but he felt obligated to marry the other chick, so he killed her. Another story says that she wouldn't stop running her mouth about being pregnant with his kid. Oh, snap. Yep. And he considered it disrespectful mm-hmm. because he was, we know, courting this other woman. Mm-hmm. And she's making it not work. Uh-oh. Right? Okay, so I'm going to stop you for half a second because I do want to crack this uh, Four Saints Potter's Clay. Uh, do you think it's going to be better than that Mexican one? That one I don't was know, man. so Mexican good. That was really, really good. That was good. so good. El Paladin. And it had a cool can. So this one, can not as cool, but we're going to see. But All it's right. maroon. It is. It is. So Love this one's a 5.7 ABV. All right. So this is the description of the potter's clay. The potter is an artist and an artesian, skillfully looking for beauty in the shapelessness red clay. We pay respect to the potter and his clay through our potter's clay amber ale. Its sweet crystal and robust Munich specialty grains represent the artist's fulfillment of the well-crafted pottery. The cascade and fugal hops at a slight bittering effect likened to the artesian's acceptance of starting again. May the artist and artesian be forever linked, appreciated, and respected. Yeah, that was a mouthful. All right. It was. Cheers. All right. That was a really wussy cheers, but... It's all good. Well, cans, you know, what are you going to do? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I... These guys are doing awesome. That's really good. I was going to let you give your review uh, before I... Uh... You go ahead and try it. No, it's 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 really good. It's, it's very... Um, it's light. It's... Oh. Yeah. It almost has a teensy bit of an IPA feel, mm. but not quite. So that's just you're 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 getting a little bit of hops. It does not taste like an IPA. No, 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 no. I'm not saying it tastes like it. I'm saying it has the feel. Yeah, this one is definitely smooth. It is. It's awesome. Uh, it's really like gentle on the palate. It's. I mean, I love this one. I'm it's giving good. it. A I four. still think I like El Paladin better, but this is a close second. This is why I'm giving it a four point seven five instead of a five. Uh, I didn't earn any new badges that time. Stop being greedy. Sad face. Sad face. <sighs> That's really good. Yeah, I like that one a lot, for sure. Yeah, that's... Yeah. All right. Why are all the good beers not in Texas? We have good beer in Texas. We're just being so much more exposed outside of our Right, area. so... Yeah, there's a reason I don't drink beer unless we're podcasting, because yeah. we can't find any of the good beer at our total wine. And there you have it. So. Back to it. Yeah, uh, Jonathan thought Naomi was disrespectful because she was bragging about being pregnant with his kid. Bitch. I mean, he fucking knocked her up. (laughs) I know, I was just kidding. Although I'm pretty sure condoms weren't a thing back then. I don't think so. 
I, I doubt it. 40, I mean, I'm pretty sure they didn't have Trojan factories in the middle of Quakertown, USA, North Carolina. So, or no. anywhere, USA. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. They're probably using, like, sausage links or some shit. The casing. <laughs> lamb, sausage lamb, casings. Uh, lamb skin. Yeah, there you go. Yep, 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 yep. So, anyway, I said earlier that... This newer version or older version, depending on who you ask, said that Naomi already had two kids. Um, and those kids were Nancy, who was born in 1799, and Henry, who was born in 1804. Oh, so we've got like names and shit on. Oh, yeah. They, they can confirm that she did have two children prior to getting pregnant with Jonathan's child. Yep, and you said each one was from a different dad. I think I said that to you and not on the podcast, but no, yes, correct. No, we did, we did. Yeah, I asked. Okay, okay. So, in the North Carolina State Archives, they have record of Nancy and Henry. So, we know that she did have... The ones that didn't get burned? Yes. <laughs> I was like, wait, she didn't burn her kids. <laughs> yes, the records, uh, those survived. The one where Jonathan didn't sneak in and get on the laptop and be like, delete, 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 delete. Dude, he was a time traveler. Time travelers. What, what? <laughs> um, so the proof of the two children is their bastardly bonds. Oh, I had never heard of this. You, this is one of the few things you told yes. me about this case. I did not know this was a thing. I didn't either. So, apparently, part of the reason for the confusion of whether she had children or not is that there was a local historian named Laura Worth who had hidden these bastardly bonds because she didn't like the law back in the day. So, she kept so it So, she from just everybody. decided to change history yeah. even though she's a historian? Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah. So, basically... She should be kicked out of the historical society. Well, she may have been at this point. Well, if she wasn't already, then fuck her and kick her I mean, I tried to look her up and couldn't find anything on her, so she may have been removed. I'm gonna find her. I'm gonna get her kicked out. I'm pretty sure she already was, but... Alright. Go to Randolph County. That makes me feel better. I'm not gonna go there. That's way too much work. The internet is a thing. Yeah, she's not on the internet, is what I'm saying. I'll find her. I tried to find information on her. But anyway, she disapproved of the way the laws were. And so what the laws were at the time, and I didn't know, like you said, that in the early 1800s there were even child support laws. But there were. But not in the way that we would think of child support laws, right? It's not like, oh, she got pregnant by two men and they have to... Uh, pay monthly like they do now. Well, right? yeah, you should be responsible for your children. Of course, that's the now thing. And back right, then. but back in the day, apparently, the child support laws of the time was that she charged the two men, Nancy's father and Henry's father, with begetting a child on her body. Like, when you say charged, like she got monthly support or she like filed a lawsuit or it's like a legal like it's a legal for it it's a legal term we'll get there but she charged the two men 
Oh, it's like a crime. With begetting a child on her body. You planted the seed, you bastard. Yes, they planted their seed. And so both men then had to post a public bond saying, yes, I did this. But by them doing that, the county was then assured that they would not have to pay for support to the children. Because in 18-oh-whatever... Nobody paid for the kids except for the county, right? So she charged them with planting the seed. They publicly acknowledged it, and then the county didn't have to pay for the kids. Oh. Makes sense? So it forces them to be financially responsible on some level, or at least state that that the county is responsible. It has nothing. Nobody was financially responsible for nothing except for her, probably. So it just bails the county out. It bails the county out. Yeah. Which is why this Laura chick kept the records secret. Well, again, like, I don't agree with the old law necessarily, although I feel like that's more than I would have expected, expected from back then. Right. I but, didn't well, like, and they actually called it child support laws. Like, I was shocked. Right. And obviously, like, bastardly bond is, like, a really horrible way to, like, put that. And it's, you know, offensive. But at well, the same time. And like, I'm glad you said that, because when I very first saw that, I thought it was just the person writing the article. Because at first it was written in quotes, right? Like, bastardly bonds. Yeah. But then I started researching it, and that's actually... A thing. What they called it was bastardly bonds. Right. So as a historian, like, I don't really give a shit if you like it or not. Right. It's fucking history, like... Well, she obviously hated the patriarchy. She's... Well, okay, and fine. But here's here's one of the things, and I'm going to go off on a little tangent for a second, and I'm not trying to get political, but I don't understand people who want to change history or hide certain parts of history, because I, mean, I don't remember who it was that said it, but somebody at some point said that if, you know, without history, we're doomed to repeat it, right? Like, if we forget history, we're doomed to repeat it. So we should remember these things, whether they're whether they make us uncomfortable or not. Like, history don't change the history. Itself. Well, if we don't if we ignore shit like that, right? Like, it could. Well, we're seeing it now. History is repeating itself. No. That's a whole other thing. But anyway. Well, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, not for me to get on a political thing, but history repeats itself, and you have to learn from it. Yeah, you, you just can't gloss over the shit that makes you uncomfortable. The fact that it makes you uncomfortable is what makes you not want to repeat it, right? But if you hide it, then, yeah. Well, in this bitch, sorry, I almost majored in history. But if you're going to be a historian... Go for the truth. Don't fucking hide history. That's... Yeah. that, That makes you like a fiction author and you should be majoring in a whole different... Fired. Yeah, yeah. You should be fired. You should not be a historian. You should be. Yeah, go write your fiction books somewhere else. Don't write historical fiction. Historical fiction. Like, rewrite what you think should happen as a fiction book, but don't hide the shit. Yeah. So, so this bitch hid these documents away. Because she didn't like the child support, which I feel like is a really loose term. Right. Well, the bastardly bonds or whatever. Yeah, and I I'm, get it. Like, yeah, that's, that's fucking shitty, but... But that was the time. 
well, and I'm not, I'm not even justifying it. Yeah, it's uncomfortable, but you know. But but, but it can be justified. It was 1807. And I'm sorry. And that's how things were back then. Yeah, back in the day, women weren't supposed to be fornicating all over the place. True that. Men were allowed to. Sorry. it's That's what history is. Just because it wasn't right doesn't change anything. Right. Women weren't supposed to be that way. And Naomi was. And there's proof of it. There's proof of it. And so this woman chose to hide it. What, because she didn't want Naomi to look like a whore? Who fucking cares? It was 1807. Yeah. I, what does it matter if we know now that she had bastardly bones? Because guess what? We know now. Like, I, I don't. Yeah. Oh, so how did they find those anyway? Their court record. Well, but she hid them. So if she was hiding them, how, how were they found after that? I don't know. Okay, I was just curious. I I don't know. But what I will say, to get us back on track before I go on a tangent, (laughs) um, because I am am a chick and I am so anti-the-fuck-the-patriarchy that I will go off on a thing that doesn't even make any sense to myself or anybody else. So we're just going to move on. That's the alcohol. Uh, No, that's just me. I mean, the alcohol doesn't help. I meant more of the it not making sense to yourself. I said it wouldn't make sense to myself or anybody else. Right. <laughs> but I'm blaming it on the alcohol. Yeah, we're going to go with that. Yep. So, the only thing that I will say that was a little off about Naomi is when she had Nancy and Henry, she immediately, from what we can tell, went and had the bastardly bonds declared, right? Oh, so she did it real quick after. Yeah, yeah. Like, she charged them with begetting a baby on her because she didn't have anything to do with having sex. It was just the men. True. They impregnated her. They planted the seed. I mean, that's generally how it works. It's always the dude's fault. I mean, wrap that shit up. Even if in the 1807 it was with lambskin. Fucking pull out. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think it's stupid that you could charge a man with begetting you with a baby. But that's me speaking from not even 2021, like 1994. What do you mean? Like, even in 1994, to hear that a man could beget a woman with a baby. Yeah, I mean, unless it was unless it was something well, you yeah. weren't a willing participant in. But if you were a willing but participant, she was, then... There was never anything anywhere that said she wasn't. Gotcha, yeah. But because it was 18-0-whatever, or even when... when I'm sorry, with Nancy, it was 1798, because she was born in 1799. So because we're talking however many years ago, 300... 250 ish. Ish, yeah. Uh, because of the time, she could say, Oh, he beget me with a child. Or I guess 220, really. I'm sorry. Because this is around 18, it was 1800, right? Well, Nancy, her oldest, was born in 1799, which would have meant 
that she got pregnant in 1798. Well, still, it's 2021, so... Well... It's 220 years. Okay, whatever. All I'm saying is that bitch spread her legs. Sorry. And even, <laughs> even in 1798, if you went, hey... Like, that's not the same as what we're talking about. Right, right. But, apparently, it was different, because she could charge them with begetting a baby on herself. <laughs> on your own damn self. <laughs> yeah, on her own damn self. She didn't um, spread them legs. <laughs> she knew about it. It wasn't unbeknownst to her own damn self. It was beknownst. It was beknownst <laughs> to damn self. But it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Anyway. So the only difference was with the first two, she she charged them with begetting her with a baby. When she found out she was pregnant with John's baby, apparently she was, like, really in love with him. So she didn't want to charge him with the begetting, but she threatened to charge him. With the beginning, trying to force him... To marry her. To marry her. Which Uh, is why some people say he drowned her. So he's like, fuck you, bitch. And drowns her. And drowns her. Yeah. And the actually, the location where she died is actually now called Naomi Falls. Oh. They named it after her. They named it after her. There's a is bridge. Is there actually a, a fall there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I was going to say, a, otherwise, a, that sounds, that's kind of a fucked up name. No, no, no. It's a really tiny falls. Oh, okay. From like little, the pictures I've seen. Like a little trickle. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe I saw bad pictures because I've never been. So I'm just going to clarify that. But well, it is just pictures. You know, maybe it's one of those that like during the rainy season. Right. It's, it's I epic. don't know. But. Like, there's Naomi Bridge, there's Naomi Falls. So like, they named a whole bunch of shit. Oh, yeah. This town has embraced Naomi. But a big part of that was because of that very first version that she was this innocent, virginal girl who... Because nobody knew she was scandalous. Yeah. Yeah, nobody knew she was scandalous. But, I mean, I will say this. As much as I don't agree with her being able to charge... Herman was begetting her of her baby. She shouldn't have been fucking choked and drowned. No, absolutely not. No, that's fucked up. Like, uh, put your penis away, close your legs, both of you bitches. Like that. Yeah, and I think that's, I think you bring up a very valid point. You're both responsible, motherfuckers. He's responsible, she's responsible. It takes two to have a baby. Sorry. Yep. Takes two to have most of the most of the time. I mean, there are... Circumstances. Yeah, and we acknowledge that, but in this specific case, it took two. <laughs> True. It took two. There was no forcing. There was no nothing. It took two. Now I've got, now I've got three is the magic number by Blind Melon stuck in my head. Oh, that's funny because I've got it takes Two to make a thing go right. Oh. <laughs> I was thinking, a man and a woman had a little baby. <laughs> well, she already had two, so I... Three in the family. Yeah, but then... Uh, well, yeah, so that wouldn't work there, I guess. Yeah, not. no, no, no. It'd be like four? Uh, no. Five. Yeah, five. Be five yeah. in the family. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jonathan Lewis was actually charged with Naomi's murder. And there's court records of this. And he was jailed in 1807. Which is why there's confusion. Because her birth... Uh, not birth. Her tombstone says 1808. But she actually died in 1807. Right, right. So he was charged and jailed. But on October 9th of 1807, he did escape. So that's not untrue. Sneaky little bastard. But it wasn't to Kentucky or Ohio. He escaped to Elk Creek, Indiana, which is near the Falls of Ohio, which is an Indiana State Park. I know it's confusing why an Indiana State Park has the Falls of Ohio. Dad, enlighten us. I don't know. (laughs) But I looked it up. It's about eight and a half hours away from Randleman. So back in 1807, he made it fucking far away, like without uh, a car yeah, I was about to say back or then. a jet. Yeah, that's like making it to Mexico back then. Yeah, right? like he made it far. And there were actually um, like prison guards and individuals who were charged with assisting in his escape. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know any of the names because there's. There's proof, but then there's story to it as well, right? So, because it's so long ago, there's some crossover. There was a rumor that the fucking sheriff in Randleman was one of these. Well, you said his family was pretty well off, right? So, I imagine... Not his family, the people he worked for. Oh. And I think his his family was obviously more well off than she was. Oh, that's right, because his mom wanted wanted him to marry the chick because her family was well off. Okay, yep, yep, I fucked that up, yep. Um, but she, but his family was obviously more well off than she was because she was a. F- they obviously weren't bad enough that it wasn't unimaginable that he would marry this well off chick. Right, uh, right. Yeah. Like whether she was an orphan or a whore, he was better off than she was either way. Right? right. She was taken in by a family who felt bad for her, regardless of what she actually was. Right. Because we do know that she was taken in. But there's rumor that the sheriff, uh, I'm guessing in, it's 1807, so I don't know if it was Randleman, North Carolina, or if it was just Randolph County. I'm sure things have changed in that 200 years. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, But there were rumors that the sheriff had actually assisted in helping him escape, and that he had initially been arrested for that. But he was let go because he was instrumental in his return to North Carolina. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But I do know that... So, like, he helped him escape, but then, like, he also headed the manhunt. Yes. And then they actually did catch up to him and catch him. Yes. Now, I do know that there were people that worked for the prison that he escaped from that were held... I don't know if the sheriff was actually one of them. I just know that there was rumor. Well, that, that seems he to was. be the case across, across this story because it's so old. Right, there's it's, a lot of stories and I conjecture and all of that. Which, I wouldn't you know, be whatever. surprised if he was, and then he was like, "Oh shit, now I'm in jail. Let me yeah, go bring right. him back." But I don't know. I, I don't know. 
So he was eventually rearrested, Jonathan was, because they do, like I said, they do have the history of him escaping. So he was rearrested, brought back to North Carolina, and tried for Naomi's murder in 1811, which is only what? Four years? Yeah. Which to us seems like nothing, but I guess in the 1800s, that's a really long time. Because... Life expectancy. Yes. Because (laughs) when he came back, he was acquitted because there wasn't enough evidence to convict him because the witnesses had either died or moved away. So, you know, I I found this case super interesting. And I really wanted to find the book that the couple was writing because... Yeah, that would be cool. Because I feel like there's a lot more information there. Well, hopefully they'll get it published eventually. Uh, well, and maybe I just missed it. I, I, I don't know, but I, I like, tried. And I couldn't find it. But I will say that Hal, the, the pottery man who was writing the book, did find in his research... That even though Jonathan was acquitted, that a number of Hal's ancestors had been called on by the prosecution in the trial. Oh, wow. Yeah. But there just there just still wasn't enough. So in the end, he gets off. He got off. And he, what I told you to tell me to come back to, is that he, when they found him... In Indiana, he had actually gotten married to a woman named Sarah McLean. He'd had a kid with her. He got arrested and extradited back to North Carolina. And he did serve jail time, but not for Naomi's murder because he was acquitted. He served jail time for the escape. Oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. So I think he served something like six or eight months. Oh, that was it, huh? Yeah. And um, when he got released, he hooked back up with Sarah and his kid, and they lived their life Happily until he died. <laughs> well, and so there's there's a little bit of discrepancy about when Jonathan died. Some records say 1817, some say 1820. But you remember that I said that there was this theory that he had been found in Kentucky and confessed on his deathbed? Yeah, yeah, I remember. So, take the Kentucky out. There's still a lot of thoughts that even after he was acquitted, he was haunted and tormented by Naomi's ghost until he died. And that even after being acquitted, when he died either in 1817 or 1820... He did confess on his deathbed to killing Naomi. So that actually wouldn't surprise me. I, I'm going to be honest. I don't think it was because he was haunted by her ghost. I think what's probably more accurate is people were really religious back then. Well, I mean, people are still religious, but back then even more so. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think that m- and more than likely. And this is Quaker Town. Exactly. And I think more than, uh, more than likely, if he was dying, he wanted to clear his conscience and hopefully maybe make his way into heaven, you know? Well, and so, I think there was some um, speculation to that as well. Yeah. 
But I mean, that was, makes more sense to me. But. It was kind of like both in what I read. And there's nobody knows because there was not a tape recorder in 1817 or 1820. But it seems to be that a lot of people have some sort of evidence that on his deathbed, he confessed. Yeah. Regardless of the reason. And the last thing that I will leave you with, well, two things. There's a shit ton of resources, and I I would list them all off, but, like, there's a lot. You just look up so Naomi can, or Omi Wise. What we can do is we can put them in the, the show notes. Um, so if you're listening to this on anything, if you click on the episode, it'll expand and you'll be able to see uh, the links in there. So I'll, I'll add them in the show notes. Well, you can go on to YouTube and you can listen to Bob Dylan or whoever sing the song that's about her. Um, well, and if I remember, I might put them on, you, uh, on our Facebook page, too. I'll probably forget, but I'll try. But the last thing that I will say before we try the last beer, this is the last thing for the case, is that there are actually plans for a movie about Naomi Wise to come out sometime in 2022. Really? Yeah. Okay, then. I don't know how they're going to do it. You know what's funny is if we didn't know about this case, we would never watch that movie because we don't watch anything, period. It's true. We it's don't true. anything that's anything that takes place in the past, well, I won't say anything, but very infrequently do we ever watch movies that uh are historical or take place in the past unless I, I watch documentaries, but yeah. But I think this I'm curious. Uh, now, the article that I read, I think, was written late 2019. So, because of COVID, the movie may have been pushed. I, I don't know. But because of all of the different theories and avenues that this case takes you down, and there's so much more than I went into in this, I'm curious to see which one the movie yeah, that Picks. would be very interesting because there are a lot of different takes. I almost think that they might take the virginal route because I think it's probably better for Hollywood. Oh, see, I think they, I think the opposite. I think they would take the, uh, now well, I didn't say this, but in the, in the poem, it says that she's older than him, but there's, historical documents that he was older than her. Like, that is one thing we do know is that he was older than her. Right. Um. So if they took that route, they're dumb. But I would almost think they'd take the whole she's this badass bitch of the 1800s because of the way things are right now. Maybe. I don't Politically, know. We'll just, I don't know. Yeah. We'll just, we'll just have to see what happens. But yeah. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I just could. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see what happens. But yeah, we'll we'll keep an eye out for it. And if we hear that it's coming out, we'll uh, we'll let you know. And same. As we I was about to say, or say, if you hear know. that it's coming out, yeah. because. Well, we don't we don't have like cable. We do everything through streaming services. So we don't get a lot of like advertisements so like movies come out and we have no no idea, idea. yeah no, no idea they came clue. out so 
but yeah, let's uh, let's. That was, I mean, that was a good case. It it was different, and I I, I enjoyed it. Okay. It was. It is very different than what we normally do, but I love history. Oh, I do too. And absolutely. I, I learned a lot more than I expected to from researching this. Yeah, I just I think it's interesting that it's such a almost has a legend about it that it I've does. never heard about or that you know is probably not very well known but yet is embedded it, in like popular culture in a weird way. It, it well it is very well known except for people our age. Oh, so it's like back like in older. the okay. 60s like everybody knew the song. Gotcha. And like I said there's 147 different versions that the couple has found so there may be even more. Yep. And they all have different names. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. So. All right. Well, very good. Well, let's crack this last beer, and I think we'll be time to sign off. So we're going to do the uh, Four Saints Black and Blue and Red All Over. Uh, it's kind of a cool can. It's actually. I love the can. Yeah, it's uh, it's like a newspaper. Um, it is. But instead yeah. of, uh, but it's got like a blueberry and some raspberries boxing uh, in the picture. It's, it's, it's really kind of cool. Wait. If there was actually a boxing match between a blueberry and a raspberry, who do you think would win? Oh, I don't know. In this picture, it says the blueberry would win. Oh, see, I think the raspberry would win. I would tend to agree with you, except for blue uh, blueberries. I'm sorry. Raspberries and blackberries tend to um, be easier to damage. Blueberries are actually, they're plump, but they're a lot harder to break the skin of. They have a thicker skin. So I would have to go... Yeah, but they. I think if you threw blueberries at, at raspberries, I think uh, I think the raspberries would lose. Oh, I want to try that one by them. Stop that. Sorry. All right. All right. So this one is a sour ale with blackberries, raspberries, and red berries. So let's crack it open and give it a try. What's it called? Dude, they have one called Yoga Pants. Black and blue and red all over. Okay, we're going to try it. I'm going to try it. I'm just trying to find it on Untap. So the description says, Back when we first released our cherry sour a while back, it was delicious, received really well, both in our what was next, oh, both in our tap room and out, and infinitely drinkable. Folks asked what was next, so we decided to go with three berries, blackberry, blueberry, and raspberry puree into this super clean and mildly tart kettle sour. It's fruity without being sweet. Okay, you've tasted it. Is it sweet? Um, it is a little, but it's. I would agree it's probably more fruity. It's not super sweet. And actually, as far as sours go, I don't like sours. And this is actually pretty good. I mean, it wouldn't be my go-to, but it's good. So it says, so we decided to go with three berries, blackberry, blueberry, and raspberry puree, and this super clean and mildly tart kettle sour. Oh, I already said that. So definitely agree with the tart instead of being super sour. Uh, and I think that's probably why I like this one. Um, I do not like sours normally. It's not something I have any interest in. It really Ooh. it reminds me more of like a goes, I think, than like a yeah. sour. 
Yeah. I or mean, I've only had the one. I've only had the one that we tried in whatever episode, but yeah. Yeah, it's it a reminds, little salty. Yeah, more of a more of a gose than a than a. It's not sour at all. No, not like many sours I've had. Anyway. But no, and I think for that reason, I, I actually like it quite a bit. And the can is legit. The can is legit. Like, what is it? what is that? Is that like a berry fighting? It's. I told you. I already described all this. It's a blueberry fighting a raspberry. I wasn't and a listening to you. Obviously. Um, you don't listen to me, so turn around. All right, so you ready to sign off? Are you ready to sign up? Look how impatient he is, yeah. Blood and Barrels people. Oh, my goodness. Okay. All right. Did you just, oh, my goodness, me? I did. So we want to thank you guys for joining us yet again on another episode of Blood and Barrels. If you enjoyed it, please share us with a friend. You can always rate us on Apple Podcasts and all of those things. Rate Follow and review. Social. Yeah, we do love the reviews and the feedback. Um, it's it's some, of the, some of the best ways you can help support the show is leaving reviews and sharing us with a friend. So um, all that being said, we love you guys. You guys are fucking awesome. Mike has awesome eyebrows, y'all. That's not proving me wrong. <laughs> what you're doing right now I is mean, proving me wrong. I mean, I don't know what that has to do with anything, but thank you. <laughs> he makes faces with his eyebrows. I do. Just with the eyebrows. So did you have something to say? I'm saying join our Patreon. Oh, yeah. And... Leave us reviews and share us with 47 friends. 47 friends. What? What? I need y'all to make us big so that I can stop reviewing backgrounds. And I need to know that you love us. I love Mike, but I need other people's approval, too. <laughs> what? That's that's fucking honesty right there, man. Yeah, she just bared her soul to all of you people. <laughs> so you better keep listening, uh, or I'll be like, damn. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Get those listen so that Amy he can feel better. He doesn't even know how to respond. I don't even know right what now. to say. Just listen so that Amy can feel better about herself. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Boost my <laughs> ego, y'all. All right. Thanks, guys. I'll take care. We'll see you next time. We love you. Bye bye. Damn, it still doesn't work. <laughs> She's getting her, her shit fixed soon. She'll be no, able to make I'm the not kisses. I'm going to be able again. to do that until I get the. Okay. It'll come back soon. Bye bye. Thank you for joining us here at Blood and Barrels. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Blood and Barrels. You can also follow us on Twitter at Blood Barrels Pod. Follow us on all the things. You can also listen to Blood and Barrels on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher, or most anywhere where you enjoy your podcast. If you enjoy listening, please head over to Apple Podcast and rate, review, and subscribe. For more information about the show, you can check us out at bloodandbarrels.com. If you want to help support the show, 
and become a part of the Blood and Barrels family, you can join us on Patreon and get access to additional content. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.